0: New chapters are added weekly, so you will never run out of new thrills to uncover. And you can also personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. You're listening to Pixels and Flash, an Anderson Dexter novel. Written and read by M. Darusha Wayne. For more information, visit darusha.ca. Chapter 6 I wouldn't wager money on it, but if I were forced to give an opinion, I'd say it was an accident. René Biagini shrugged expansively and popped a small piece of real milk cheese in his mouth. It was an indulgence, but Biagini was never one to resist temptation. I saw the reports, Annabel said from her seat in the corner. She'd given herself a wide buffer between herself and the rest of Loretro, but she seemed as ease as she ever was in the physical world. There might be some negligence involved, but I have to agree. Neither the fire nor the subsequent explosion appear to have been intentional. Dex pursed his lips, making the other two laugh. You look like you ate something noxious, Biagini said. Coincidence, Dex said, is something noxious. Annabel shrugged. With all the people in the world, there are bound to be things that appear related but aren't. Surely it happens all the time. Of course, Dex said, but usually they aren't anything important. They aren't anything unusual. And they almost never are both. Renee and Annabel shared a conspiratorial glance. I never should have introduced the two of you, Dex said with a faux grimace. Two against one is grossly unfair. Renee patted his hand and, in a deadpan, said, Two against one is either a very lucky night indeed, or very expensive. Oh, Renée, Annabel said, arching an eyebrow. Is that a proposition? Don't encourage him, Dex said, trying to keep from smiling. It was an ongoing bit between the three of them. Renée's endless flirtation, Dex's mild embarrassment, Annabel's enjoyment of both. Just a fact, mademoiselle, Renée said, leaning back and eating the last piece of cheese. Fun and games aside, Dex said, I'll concede the point. The de Gaulle explosion was probably not part of this misdemeanor campaign. There hasn't been anything else like it reported by any of the squads, and it just doesn't fit the pattern. What pattern? Annabelle asked. Seems to me it's been everything from petty vandalism to bullying. Why couldn't arson be included? It's not the act that's outside the pattern, Biagini said. It's the target. Or lack of a target, Dex finished. All the other events seem to be going after specific kinds of businesses. Low value, high turnover, consumer shops. That's nothing like an industrial piece of infrastructure, he shrugged. It looks very much like it is, after all, a coincidence. Dex made a face and lifted a hand to catch the waiter's attention. He glanced at his companions to gauge their interest and saw two slight nods in return. He twirled a finger in the air to indicate another round and smiled at the waiter's acknowledgement. Just this one more, Biagini said. I have an assignation later, and I do not wish to be late. I'm sure whoever it is would wait, Dex said, favoring his friend with a rare leer. A little anticipation never hurt anyone. René looked over at Annabel, a look of mock outrage on his face. Now who's the bad influence here, after all? Oh no, I'm not getting in the middle of you two, Annabel said, then realized the double entendre. All three were still laughing when their drinks arrived. Annabelle and Dex walked back to the apartment hand in hand, the cool evening air raising goose flesh in Dex's skin. I don't know, Dex, Annabelle said. Even if that mess at De Gaulle was just an accident, it really feels like things are getting worse. Yeah. It's not just low-rent shops getting knocked over either, she went on. It's everything. I mean, working at Omnitrack used to be pretty good. Train schedules might be boring, but optimizing them isn't. At least not for me, she chuckled. But they used to pretty much leave me alone to get my work done. Now I have to actually go into the office, which is counterproductive on the face of it. I feel like I spend more time filling out timesheets than actually coding anything. And the things I'm working on... They walked another block, but Annabelle didn't finish her sentence. Dex knew that she was mulling something over. Pushing wouldn't help, and she'd either finish her thought aloud or she wouldn't. Something was obviously bothering her, though. He kicked himself for not noticing. It couldn't have only come up today. This is obviously supposed to be on the QT, she said, dropping her voice. My bosses haven't even admitted what we're doing. But come on, you'd have to be oblivious or totally unengaged not to see what we're being asked to do. She detangled her fingers from Dex's. She shoved her hands deep into her pockets and seemed to visibly shrink into herself. Dex recognized it as a calming technique and waited for her next move. After a moment, she stopped walking and sat on a bench. Dex sat next to her, giving her a good half-meter. You know how the firms used to more or less leave each other alone? Everyone had their own areas to operate in, at least for the big stuff. Sure, then a few years back, Omnitrack moved east into America, into Aronson's territory. Now you're here in Europa. Some of the other big companies followed suit. Exactly. It's old-fashioned competition. Good for everyone, right? Prices go down. More options. Win-win. Dex made a face. It's not that simple. It hasn't been a win for you or your colleagues. That's my point, Annabelle said, looking miserable. And it's going to get worse. What do you mean? Annabelle didn't say anything, but Dex felt a ping on his system. He went online and saw that Annabelle had created an encrypted chat. Well, it wasn't inconceivable that the public street they were on was equipped with a monitoring device, it seemed unlikely. Still, his own paranoia had come in handy on more than one occasion, so he logged into the chat. They've got me working on a double whammy. Corporate espionage and sabotage. Dex didn't know what to say. He knew he'd heard her correctly, but it couldn't be true. That's... how can that even be happening? Like I said, the jobs aren't labeled like that. And maybe I was being a bit unfair to my colleagues. It's not immediately obvious what we're doing. Collecting and analyzing Eurotrack's metadata is pretty clear, but it's also standard enough. And the other bit, well, maybe I'm just being irrationally suspicious. With all this shit going on out here, there's nothing wrong with little healthy suspicion. What's this other bit? Annabelle sighed. They say it's for internal systems testing basically the equivalent of hiring a cracker to take a run at your systems to make sure they're tight. But I know our systems. The code they're getting us to write is not optimized for us. I'm pretty sure it's to crack into Eurotrack. Jesus, Annabelle. I know, she said, despair clear in her voice. Saying it out loud like this? I can't keep doing it. So far they haven't asked me for anything that would be actually hazardous, but I can't know what they've given the other coders, And of course, once they've got access, they could do anything. It's not just about what they want to do today, but what tomorrow's bosses decide to do. Dex let out a long breath. That's some heavy shit. Annabelle's laugh startled him. It isn't that, she said out loud and ended the online chat. Come on, you, she stood and held out her hand for him to take. Let's go home. I've got some thinking to do. When they got back to the apartment, Dex left her alone with her thoughts. He knew what he thought she should do, but it wasn't his place to say it. Not now. If she asked him, that would be different. But for now, she had to work through her own process. Dex never really understood why she kept her corporate job in the first place. Her skills were heavily in demand in the freelance sector, and she had the contacts to keep herself in as much work as she liked. She'd already given up her company apartment to move in with Dex. From his perspective, there was less than nothing keeping her at Omnitrack even before the changes. But, as close as they'd become, Dex figured that there would probably always be a few things about Annabelle he didn't understand. It went both ways. He still managed to surprise her on occasion. Most of the time, it was a good thing. Dex got a bottle of bubbly water from the chiller and poured Annabelle a glass. He placed it on the small table next to her, knowing she could tell it was there, even though her focus seemed to be entirely online. He grabbed a food brick and went into his closet office. He didn't bother closing the door, but with both of them at home and working online, it was the best way to give Annabelle some space. He linked into his M-City office out of habit rather than having a legitimate reason for being in the virtual world. He was only planning on looking at some files, which he could easily do on the heads-up screen overlay his implanted system provided. He'd grown accustomed to his office's interface, though, and the immersive nature helped him focus. He'd also never really liked that sense of seeing the physical world bleed through a screen. His script had analyzed the data he'd gotten from the financial feeds, and he settled in to check it out. It was still annoyingly dense, and he had to fight to keep his attention on it. From what he could tell, when most data blocks technically changed ownership, they were really only being moved around internally between arms of the same corporation. There were a handful of private deals, but they were mainly subdivided blocks, a private buyer taking full ownership of their res space. Only two complete blocks had been listed for private sale in the past month, and only one since the Nightingale estate was settled. The seller was listed as S. Wu. Oh, for fuck's sake... How many S. Woo's were there in the world? This was as bad as no name at all. Dex leaned back in his chair, closed his eyes, and thought. What if he were a potential buyer? Surely they had to be a way to reach this particular S. Woo in order to make an offer. He fired up the original feed where he'd found the listings and poked through the menus. Unfortunately, it wasn't a sales agency, just an individual with an odd set of interests. But Dex figured that someone this into virtual property markets would have the inside scoop on how one actually went about trading property. He eventually found it. A listing of agencies which handled private sales. There were fewer than 30. Dex could easily contact them all. But to say what? He figured he could probably narrow down which agency was handling Swoo's sale, but unless he could pony up the cash to buy the block, he was never going to get a whiff of the seller. The whole point of having a sales agent was so that the sellers didn't have to deal directly with the likes of him. And it's not like he could fake his way far enough into the sales process, even if S. did want to shake the hand of their buyer. Dex linked out of M. City and blinked a few times. It was dark, and he'd neglected to put on the closet office's light. He had the lights come up low, then stood and stretched. He knew there was a simple solution— He probably would have thought of it regardless, but his conversation with Annabelle earlier brought it to mind immediately. It wouldn't be difficult to break into the sales agent's files and simply take their client records. He wouldn't even need someone with Annabelle's skills. Dex was no programmer, but he had all kinds of dark ops scripts available to him. It wouldn't take long, and he was sure he'd never get caught. He'd done that kind of thing before. It didn't bother him, but this time he couldn't justify it. He'd have to come up with a more elegant solution before he resorted to breaking and entering. Just because he had the ability to get in and out without anyone noticing, that didn't mean he should use it. There had to be a line somewhere, even if it was arbitrarily drawn. Dex had long ago convinced himself it was the only thing that separated people like him from the people they chased. So he clung to that imaginary line as if it were the only thing between him and the abyss. Sometimes, it was. You've been listening to Pixels and Flesh, by M. Darusha Wayne. For more information about this and the other Anderson-Dexter books, visit Derusha.ca Thanks for listening.